With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's happening, people? We back. The Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can find me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And back in the saddle off. After a week off, Jake Rip at Jake Takes FF. What up, bro? Wow, an extra long applause. That's what I'm talking about, man. I'm I'm very happy to be back. Uh, I can't say I didn't enjoy my time off, but it's good to come back and get back into like the uh, the swing of things with football. The week I took off actually kind of inconvenient, given uh, there it wasn't exactly a short week in news. Last time we talked, I think there's about three more valuable running backs in the game that are no longer so valuable, and uh, and I guess we'll get to uh, plenty of that later, huh? Dude, it's been. It, <laughs> I think I almost said it to somebody, and I didn't say it out loud. So you guys can't blame me for this, but. I was thinking, I was like, man, we've actually had a pretty good year for injuries. Like, yeah, the Cam Makers thing sucked. Like, that was early. But, like, since then, like, no, you know, catastrophic issues. And then all of a sudden, ETN gone. Dobbins gone. Irv Smith, why God? Like, you know, help me out here. And T.Y. Hilton. But, um, you know, there's there's some names that have already been coming off the boards. And when you're looking at uh, your draft boards and from your mid-August drafts, things are looking a lot different. Um, players moving and shaking. Sony Michelle obviously traded. I don't know if that might have happened after the last time we talked, but uh, oh, yeah, yes, man, yeah, good to have you back. So we'll we'll take a few minutes here off the top to cover those things. We can uh, share our our thoughts on that. But before we do, just want to thank you guys for tuning in Monday night on the YouTube here, August thirtieth, wrapping up the month here. Tuesday on the podcast, and uh, we'll be back Wednesday, some shape or form, with some Q and A. Cover you guys uh, with anything you want to just chat about. It's gonna be a good time. But uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking about the all undrafted team. We're going to be taking a look at players whose ADP is outside uh, the top for the first 16 rounds. So we're digging deep here. Fantasy pros ADP, half PPR. So we're going to just take turns drafting players, uh, covering some guys you can take a stab at with your last pick or maybe scoop off the wire if you have a free roster spot before the season gets started just to see, take a flyer on these guys. So looking forward to that, but want to, Shout out real quick to Memphis and Tyler for covering the Q&A last Wednesday. Uh, Jake was out. I took part in a in a draft uh, with some fellow an- analysts. I don't know, just guys around Chicago that uh, we did a 14-team in-person redraft. It was awesome. Uh, they had four leagues going at once. It was definitely a good time. Good to be around some other nerds, I guess, really, just uh, when you, you're in, uh, the, when you're you in those rooms. Any, did you secure any solid running backs? I, so we we'll just jump right to that. It started it, it's a deep league, fourteen teamer, eighteen rounds, nothing on the wire, full PPR. Start three wide receivers, three flexes. I'm going in. I'm like, I got the seventh pick. I'm going receiver heavy. I'm going Jake Rip special here. I'm going to go receiver, receiver, receiver. Right? Why not? And uh, start off good. Tyree Kill, AJ Brown, uh, DJ Moore. Bam, ready to rock and roll. Round four comes around. I'm like, all right, might consider running back here. 
lot of guys coming off the board. You know what? You know who's looking really good? High volume running back. Doesn't catch a lot of passes. But round four value in a 14-teamer? Can't go wrong with one J.K. Dobbins. Well, I guess you could go wrong because the dude blew his ACL out for some reason be playing in that game. <laughs> and uh, disappointing for fantasy owners. So let's just start with that, man. Uh, what's your thoughts? We've been talking about Gus Edwards. I kind of came and went on him, so I don't own him in as many teams. I know, Jake, you were still on that train, uh, and this is a dude that jumps right into you know low-end RB1 potential, maybe RB2 for sure. What's your thoughts on this Baltimore situation? From the get-go, I kind of assumed that Gus Edwards was going to get plenty of work anyways. Like we Again, I feel like I reference this every time we talk about Gus Edwards on this show, but he's such a high yards per carry, high yards per touch guy. Uh, Baltimore came out and paid him, so he was never not going to get work. I always kind of pictured like, uh, you know, 60, 40, 65, 35 split between him and Dobbins. Dobbins getting more of the work, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Gus Edwards is going to undoubtedly be the guy. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I heard some some rumblings, some rumors about, you know, Justice Hill. If you remember that name, uh, he was a hot name in the streets for a minute. But now... Uh, the reports are saying that uh, Tyson or is it Tyson? <laughs> I don't guess this is as good as mine. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'm butch. I probably butchered the name on both of those pronunciations, but it seems like this guy's stood out in uh, in preseason. He stood out in training camp, and the beat reporters are picking him to be the the RB two in that offense, and that is significant because uh, when Gus Edwards was the RB two in that offense, I was all about it. I'm trying to find where I had him ranked here. Uh, I had Gus Edwards as my RB 33 prior to JK Dobbins going down. And that's not just how I feel about Gus Edwards. Like that's where I'm going to put the RB two for that Baltimore offense. That rushing volume is going to be so prevalent so much. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to keep the ball on the ground. 54% rushing rate. I think last year, I can't exactly remember off the top of my head, but, uh, there's more than enough volume for one guy to eat. And that backfield was never going to be just a one man show. It almost mm -hmm. couldn't be. I mean, you're talking beyond Derrick Henry levels of volume at that point. Um, good. Yeah. So, uh, Tyson or however you're going to pronounce the first name, we'll apologize. Uh, but, uh, Tyson Williams. So if you're looking for a deeply guy, um, <laughs> then, uh, that that's your pickup in that Baltimore backfield for now, as of recording this, that's it. But cuts came down, uh, throughout the day today, there could be a guy that still uh, is on the block that uh, maybe Baltimore goes and takes a shot on. Maybe they make a trade uh, for somebody. Uh, Mark Ingram available, maybe, you know, bring him back, roll that thing back. Uh, Big Truss or whatever the hell he spat out. <laughs> They're um, reportedly out on Todd Gurley. So. Well, as is the world. So. Yeah, no one wants the guy. I mean, I have not heard one one rumor that a team might be interested in him as their RB2 or RB3. I mean, absolutely nothing. I don't even know if the guy's playing football ever again. Yeah, it's uh, how the mighty have fallen. That should be a yeah. reminder when the dynasty leaguers out there. But yeah, that's the, that's the thought process for me as well. Take, take a shot on Williams and deeper leagues or even... 12 team leagues stash him see what happens if he makes it through uh this period where guys are going to hit the wire uh you know then he's he's definitely worth a stash on any roster i mean he's he'd be right up there with um any other handcuffs and we're going to talk about probably some of those guys here um real i want to talk about kyle, real quick kyle are you taking yeah. uh gus edwards or damian harris i'm taking edwards uh okay. i've been a little bit further down on harris i just even with them trading sony michelle you know stevenson's you know looked good in the preseason James White will have his role. I don't expect either Edwards or Harris to catch a lot of passes, and I'm going to take the better offense. So 
that makes a lot of sense because I, I kind of see those guys in similar situations where that's going to be like uh run heavy good run heavy teams um with with not a lot of uh well you said it not a lot of pass catching upside and not a lot of uh competition in that backfield mm-hmm. that being said i think i got those guys guys kind of neck and neck but i agree with you i think edwards is the guy to own there yeah and it's it's definitely uh it's tough whenever there's just no pat like uh, receptions to go around <laughs> which uh so that would be but, the tiebreaker right between those yeah. two players which, which one's catching the passes but when it's zero to zero yeah exactly um before we move on to the next one i want to talk about the jags backfield uh, a few people chiming in here uh andrew uh great listener of the show he said would you take obj in the sixth round in a redraft league uh that is a shout out because uh, my buddy neil david's in here as well waiting to see kyle's face when neil goes rogue in a redraft league uh, ridiculous. I was in a, uh, Patreon <laughs> redraft league. We were co running teams. My partner is Neil, who is, uh, usually a decent guy, but he went rogue and took OBJ in the sixth round, knowing that that is a dumbass pick. Um, and, uh, now I'm stuck with OBJ. He was our first wide receiver. <laughs> so wow. gotta, gotta give him a shout out here, I guess. Um, we got, uh, Oh, Jags backfield. So James Robinson, that this was a guy that, I believe you were pretty high on anyway. I know I I still liked him as a as a low end too, even with ETN. And then ETN's obviously out. Oh, it's been a little bit. It's been a while, but just one of your thoughts on on that situation uh, in Jacksonville. Yeah, I've got super mixed feelings about that because my initial reaction, I feel like a lot of people's reaction was to say, "Oh, okay, well we're getting 2020 James Robinson, baby. What was that RB five? Something absolutely absurd." Um, but I just, I have the hardest time believing that he's going to get anywhere close to the volume that he was getting last season. Last season, it was him. And I'm trying to think who was the backup before he, who was the guy he landed on the COVID list. I mean, I D- divine Azigbo was one of the guys in that backfield for a minute. Yeah, that yes, it was. I, I, I mean, no names, dude. I don't know who they, I, I can't remember their names. They were that irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson was the guy by default, and he was that's why he was getting a, a league-leading opportunity share uh, in that backfield. And even though the Jaguars weren't a good team, if you're getting all the carries, you're getting all the targets out of the backfield, you are going to be a super valuable running back. Um, and maybe he gets a fraction of that this season, but the truth is it's a total wild card. We don't know what we're going to get out of him because Urban Meyer could be doing something completely completely off the wall from what the, the previous coaching staff was doing in Jacksonville. Um uh, you know, it's it, it's a bummer to see ETN out. I was looking forward to it. I really did think he was going to be uh, outperform his ADP. He was going to be one of those baller pass catchers. It's a bummer that we're not going to get to see him until uh, until 2022. Um, I'm trying to see here. Actually, let me let me pivot to where I had James Robinson before. He was my RB 30 31. Uh, uh, apparently I was a lot, I was higher on him than you. Cause I'm pretty sure I had him. I had him around 24, I think. Yeah. You had him as RP 23 and yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, man, I, <laughs> I haven't updated my rankings yet, but I'm down now. I'm in more of your previous ballpark. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's tough. Cause it's a gamble. And, and especially now I feel like you're not going to get him at any sort of value. You could have weeks ago, even without knowing about this injury. And we talked about that on one of the Q and a shows with, uh, with Memphis that, all the beat reports were saying that he's going to get all the carries anyways. Like urban Meyer is sending him out there as the starting running back. Their first games against Houston. Like it seemed like it was going to kind of be like a wheels up situation for James Robinson. But now that people know that Travis Etienne isn't there, then that's all they have in their eyes. That's all you can see is tunnel vision and his 2020 stat line. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel like that's going to 
pump his ADP up to a spot where I'm not willing to take a shot on James Robinson, unfortunately. If he falls, then maybe, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Again, I think a lot of people are just going to have uh, hearts in their eyes looking at James Robinson's name on the on the ranking sheet. Yeah, he won't fall um, because, yeah, it only takes one in any league. But I like I have him ranked right now. I would put him around 16th. I'd have him in a, like a little Carson, Dave Montgomery sandwich. Um, I think that's probably the the spot I'd have him. I, I think he's I don't know if he has the upside of what he did last year. Um, we've seen, Car- you know, Carlos Hyde, whatever you think about him. You know, he's more serviceable than the other bodies they had there last year. And obviously he's Myers guy. So um, that's where I would have him. Uh, for reference to uh, look, just pulled up my rankings. Um, you could, and you could you could play devil's advocate to what I'm saying and say James Robinson. Now, if, if he's going to be the you know the guy in that offense and he's going to be in a much better offense, I would mm-hmm. say not arguably with Trevor Lawrence under center and uh, yeah. the receivers they've added. You could say okay, he should even be better than he was last year. But again, I think it's good. It's just it's a volume thing. If you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You can be an undrafted running back, and if you're getting an 82% opportunity share, something something around that last year, it's uh, yeah. you're going to put up numbers. And if you're not putting, if you're not getting that kind of opportunity share, then now you're leaning a little bit more on talent. And yeah. not to shit on James Robinson, but <laughs> I, you know he was undrafted for a reason. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's going to be interesting. Whenever you see those regime changes, you know that's that's definitely something that should be accounted for. So. Um, We'll uh we'll wrap this one up. I was gonna my ranking on going back one step on Gus Edwards. I'd have him about twentieth ish. I'd have him pro- right there with Josh Jacobs. I think I still I I like Jacobs where he's where he's at right there. But I have him ahead of Miles Gaskin, uh, Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson. Um, I'd have him ahead of those guys. I just think he's he's in line for a pretty decent you know, projection compared to what we thought Dobbins was going to do. I mean, he should just slot right in. This is a guy they like. They just paid him. They brought him back. They gave him a contract. You know, this isn't just like, oh, you know, okay, next man up, but not really. We don't really like him. Like they like Gus Edwards. They give him a lot of carries beforehand. Um, And and Gus Edwards is another guy that like uh, James Robinson, I feel like is a player that a lot of like savvy fantasy drafters aren't going to be able to grab because you're, your regular home league guy knows that J.K. Dobbins went down, and now all they see is, well, Gus Edwards is the one and only starting running back for the highest or the best rushing team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, I think his ADP is just going to be something that I'm not willing to pay for. Right. Yep. Agreed. Uh, two more things I want to talk about. One more running back situation. Again, this has been around for a week, so but just want your thoughts. Rams, uh, trade for Sonny Michelle. Daryl Henderson nicked up, but should be ready to go for the season. Uh, we were pretty high on Henderson beforehand. You you were really high. You had it at 16. Um, I had him at uh, 21 before the Sony Michelle trade. So where does this shake out for you now? Uh, man, this is this is interesting. This is another one where it took me a minute to soak in because the initial reaction is, oh, Sony Michelle. He's been an afterthought. His, his so, entire- so, real, so real quick, I guess, for he- for Damian Harris, like did you downgrade him at all because Sony Michelle existed? In New England before, oh, was no, it no, just no, like, no, no, yeah, no, not at all. Exactly, I, I, right? I did the same I, thing. I was like, yeah, so he, might as well, he might as well have not even been on the roster. Yeah, that wasn't going to change Damian Harris's yeah. spot at all. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's flip it back to LA now. So now the Rams trade for him. What was your thoughts? Yeah, and actually, I mean, in, in, in retrospect, what a great move for uh, the Patriots, a guy that they weren't going to use anyways. They've got Ramondre Stevenson. You might as well get something out of Sony Michelle right now. And also on the flip side, I think a great move for the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but if I get this vibe that like. 
Sean McVay just does not like Daryl Henderson. Doesn't it feel <laughs> that way? Because this isn't the first time that he's gotten the opportunity to give Henderson the bulk of the carries. And there's been times where Henderson has gotten the bulk of the carries and he's excelled and he's looked good. And still, they, you know, it's like there's, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence in him or if they just felt like, ooh, this is a chance where we can get uh, some more running back depth at a fair cost in Sony Michelle. Uh, either way, I like the move for the Rams. Uh, it's it's going to knock Daryl Henderson down a few spots for me. Actually, maybe the opposite effect of the other guys, maybe to a spot where I'm actually willing to draft uh, Daryl Henderson. The only thing that's scary for me, and uh, I'm far from the first person to say this, is it, it, the worry that Sony Michelle comes in and he takes goal line carries or mm-hmm. red zone work. Um, and, and just to, you know, I said at the beginning of this, like, you think of Sony Michelle and it's like, oh, he's been a disappointment this season. I'm looking at his stats on player profiler. The dude was balling last year. I'm talking number one in the league in yards per touch. 6.55 yards per touch, 5.18 yards per carry. That was second in the league. Uh, 7.6 breakaway run run rate. That was uh, second in the league. Like The efficiency numbers were there for for Michelle. Um, Yeah. And maybe it's a similar similar situation to what I'm saying with the Rams, like with how McVay doesn't like Henderson. Maybe Bill Belichick's got beef with Sony Michelle, but I mean, let's not forget this is the guy who was sharing a backfield with Nick Chubb, the guy who was drafted ahead of Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, maybe oops on the on the uh, <laughs> on the Patriots yeah, part, but, but at one point these guys were neck and neck as far as talents go. What what was your initial initial thoughts? My initial thought was like, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> like how like we didn't care about Sonny Michelle in L- in uh, in New England. Why do we care about him in L.A.? But I mean, it quickly. I was also looking at some rounds. Like, ah, oh, dang, I kind of have Xavier Jones in a few spots. I have Jake Funk in a few spots, you know. And I was like, all right, well, Sony's gonna hop those guys. They just paid like a you know conditional fourth or whatever for him. So I was, you know, the thing is, I don't really expect you know Michelle to come in and be you know a great pass catcher. But yeah, that I had forgotten. When I look back, I was like, Michelle actually was playing pretty well. Yeah. If you remember, like, we'll roll, like, quick rewind to last year. Damian Harris getting camp hype, breaks his hand or whatever, and is pupped, right? So now it was like, okay, Sony Michelle is just a seat warm, you know, keeping the seat warm once Harris gets back. And then in the natural Patriots way, the injuries lined up perfect where Michelle that was playing well then got hurt right when Harris was coming back. And then the backfield flipped to Harris. So, you know, I... I think, uh, you know, I think Henderson's still the lead guy there. I had him inside my top 24. I know, obviously, you did what we talked about. But for me, you know, that bumped him back a bit. Like, for me, I'd, I'd rather just take the shot, probably on the wide receivers, to be honest, that are in that range. But yeah. I'd rather take Gaskin, Mike Davis. Um, you know, he's right. He'd be right there probably then, you know, maybe with, like, Hunt uh, and Mostert, Edmonds. Like, he for me, he was a tier ahead of those guys, and now he's kind of mixed in the middle of there. And for me, Sony is definitely a guy that I'm, I'm taking in that, uh, like James Connor, Melvin Gordon range. Um, that range, just, I'm not that range where I'm not taking running backs, pr- probably not. Yeah. So, but I, I don't mind taking the shot. I know I was in a league where I was, we'd already drafted, and I, you know, I spent about 20% of my fab on Sony Michelle because I had just lost ETN. And so I know that unfortunately, the situation we're in, but I don't, I don't think that either, I don't think Michelle's like a long term fix like Edwards and or Robinson are right. You know, those types of things, but I'm afraid uh, it could be like a hot hand situation too in Los Angeles. Like, I guess maybe that's why last year. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess overall, like just to just to box this whole thing up, put a ribbon on it. Uh, I think I'm off this backfield, man. Like I don't I don't <laughs> want Daryl Henderson knowing that there's a chance that they get down to the red zone and then they give the ball to Sony Michelle. I mean, I can't handle that all off season. My blood pressure is going to be through the roof. I'm going to have high anxiety. I can't take that kind of stuff during the season. And just the car. I was in a few leagues. I remember when acres went down like dynasty leagues or keeper leagues. And I was like, oh, I had to have Daryl Anderson. <laughs> Where are you now? You know, yeah. damn it. You know? So I just, sometimes man, it just, you never know. But, uh, and then last thing I want to touch on, um, is Jameis Winston, baby name the starter for the New Orleans saints. Ooh. There is a God. Um, so the saints obviously dealing with a lot of other things. So if you're in the uh, New Orleans area, hope everything is, uh, that you're in good shape, everything's safe. But, um, from a football perspective, it's great to see Jameis Winston named the starter for fantasy because we finally get to see the dude that was a top five quarterback two years ago before getting the backup job, uh, ish last year in New Orleans and not really getting a shot to play. So, uh, what, what's your thoughts? What's your comfort level on Jameis? And is there anybody now that works his way into, fantasy relevance now that Winston is the starter instead of Taysom Hill. Yes, absolutely. Everyone works into relevance now that it's Jameis and not Taysom Hill. This is what the fantasy world was begging the fantasy gods to do. Uh, I mean, it, it, the the um, the interception numbers leave a lot to be desired for Jameis if you're talking about him as a player. Uh, but, you know, the, for those of you who don't know, he did get LASIK surgery. So there there is that to maybe fall back on for for the accuracy. But uh, the, as far as the other players surrounding him, it's great for Alvin Kamara. You don't have Taysom Hill in there stealing goal line work and and or just you know carries as it is. Um, we've so we saw Jameis put up ridiculous numbers passing in uh, in in uh, what's that city? Tampa Bay. Uh, and yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped. I just want to know if you're ready to apologize to me for my Marquez Callaway ranking a few episodes ago. I had him at wide receiver. 33 you can apologize now uh i apparently i i shall present you with my dearest apologies yes thank you uh, what thank the hell man i callaway definitely enters the conversation he i got him in a draft right before uh, about a week ago um callaway callaway is a guy that i'm i do not want to leave drafts without this year i am so over the top optimistic right now about Marquez Callaway and I could eat shit on that take and just like be giving into this preseason narrative like oh a couple of big preseason plays but with Michael Thomas not around there's there's just no one there to catch the ball and if for a minute it was like oh okay well we can fall back on Adam Troutman nope no you can't so it's a, it's, it's Marquez Callaway it's Traquan Smith it's Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. uh in in one order or another and I, I just think that uh, there's there's such a huge ceiling to be had with Marquez Callaway, especially if Jameis kicks back into uh, Jameis of Jameis' past. You cannot get him cheap anymore. I saw in that 14-team league I was talking about where I got kicked in the nuts with the J.K. Dobbins selection. Uh, Callaway, I think, went in round six. Ooh. I mean, it just uh, just crazy. So I, I would temper expectations if you're thinking it's that high just because eventually – Michael Thomas will be back this year. And on flipping it real quick, as we wrap this up to in the Superflex discussion, I do not trust Jameis Winston. Will I put him out there as my QB two because I got him super cheap? Yeah, sure. Because as long as he is on the field, he will produce fantasy points. But I would not be surprised if there's a quick hook, even mid game, 
where all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, okay, I got one half of Jameis. They threw two picks, and now he's gone, right? He's not going to get the the chance to redeem himself in the second by putting up some garbage time. So, yeah, there's there's the concern yeah. that he gets pulled, and there's also the concern that, like, he was named the starter. He's going to go out there and take the first snap, but don't think we're, we've seen the last of Taysom Hill. He's going to be on yeah. the field. He's going to get carries. He's going to score touchdowns. Uh, so, you know, Jameis, I, I hardly believe he's in a full-time role. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have him in a few dynasty leagues. I sat on it, waited. It's the values here. Could it go higher? Potentially. Uh, I'm getting off. If I can trade the hell out of there, I am. This is your time. Do it right now. Uh, if we learned anything from, you know, look at the rest of these storyline. I mean, we Daryl Henderson, you could have traded him a week ago for the world almost, and now you can't get anything for him. So, unfortunately, you just have to predict it. I think this is a pretty easy one, so I don't know if you pull it over on somebody, but anyway. All right. Uh, well, that was 20 plus minutes news, but I think this is a lot of important things. Uh, this adjusts a lot of things that we talked about earlier this month. So if you haven't drafted yet, uh, if you're looking for positional breakdowns, we did all those through the month and it's been, um, those were a lot of fun, but those touch on some of the bigger storylines over the last week or so and get us caught up. Anything else we want to, you want to cover before we dive into this, uh, the undrafted team? I mean, I think that's it. Uh, the only other news that kind of hurt my soul, I can't think we might have said it off air, was Irv Smith went down. That's yeah. uh, that's a bummer. I was looking forward to seeing what he could do. He was another one of those guys in training camp where it seemed like uh, it was like taking over my Twitter feed, just Irv Smith catch over Irv Smith catch. Uh, but yeah, that that is no more to be no more to be had. Bummer. Sorry to end yeah. our news segment on such yeah. a low note. It, dude, it, it that one definitely stinks. I talked about him a lot. We talked. I talked about him with Dallas. On the tight end show, I named him as like one of my favorite streaming tight ends, if anything else, just because his schedule was awesome. Um, and now he's already gone. So, and then my other guy that we talked about that Dallas and I both pumped up was Evan Ingram. Uh, oh, he got yeah. hurt. So, hopefully, monitor his status. But you're talking about some of these late round tight ends that are already drying up quick. So, you might have to adjust kind of your strategy there if, if you're running out of guys that you really like. Um, I'll, I'll just throw one name like, uh, well, we'll talk about some guys. Screw it. We'll just jump right into it. Uh, so we'll, let's jump into this draft. Uh, we'll go back and forth. So we'll just go. I'll give you the 101. Ooh, I'll, have, that's you know, so I'll, nice I'll take the you. second pick and then we'll go back and forth. So we're going to draft. What Jake and I are going to do is we're going to draft a team, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and one flex from uh, the player pool over at Fantasy Pros ADP of players outside the top 192, which is 16 rounds. So these guys should all be players that uh, if you're going into drafts this weekend are going to be undrafted. Um, if you're in a deeper league, these are some of your last round dart throws. Or if you've already drafted, these are some guys that might be on the wire that maybe you're not as happy with how things are turning up for some of the players you took a shot on um, in your drafts throughout the month of August. Maybe they got injured. Maybe you got some IR spots filled up. So now you have some open roster spots. There's some guys you could take a look at here. So uh, it's just two man show here. So we're going to go back and forth. There's some strategy to this a bit. Um, but I'll give you the 101 and then we'll just uh, alternate back and forth picks. So, Jake, the floor is yours. Yeah. Are you sure you don't want to do a uh, super flex 2QB here, Kyle? What do you think? I mean, if you want to do it, we can. Yes, I'm, okay. I'm well, we're, okay. We're going to do 2QB here. And okay. my 101, I am not even going to think about it. I cannot, I don't know what is wrong with the fantasy community here, but Sam Darnold, man, I'm taking Sam Darnold. I would be happy to have him as my QB2 in a regular super flex league. It's the talent around him, dude. I know we've seen I mean, I feel like I've seen, it's, a, it's just a, a broken record at this point. The same old song and dance, but the, uh, the, the change from that awful, god-awful situation in New York and now what he has surrounding him in Carolina is just night and day. 
I mean, DJ Moore, the baller in this offense, it's now a question with Terrace Marshall coming in. Like, we don't even know who's going to lead that offense in receiving yards. Like, it's not inconceivable to think that, I mean, Terrace Marshall could could be better than Jamar Chase. That's not off the table at this point. Um, you know, we can get into Jamar Chase dropski issues here in a little bit, but uh, that the offense, I think, is set to be insane. CMC alone, I mean, we're talking, I'm at, just, you can just see it. A little screen pass, little dish pass. CMC does the rest of the work. You don't need... Sam Darnold to excel in any way. Um, I saw, I think he played one game in the preseason, if I'm not correct, but it was a solid preseason game. Um, he, uh, man, I had that stat in front of me. I'm going to filibuster here for a second because I wanted to find, um, he, I was going to say, I'll roll through is the, we talked about, I talked about him as a streamer before. I love Sam Darnold to start the season. Um, if you, if you want to pair him with a guy like Trey Lance or, or uh, Justin Fields on the ultra cheap because Darnold, again, going undrafted. He starts the season Jets at home, Saints at home, which is a tough defense, but then at Houston, at Dallas, Philly at home, Minnesota, the Giants, the Falcons. I mean, my God, there's like maybe two defenses in there that you're slightly concerned about, but a great stretch of games and a tons of weapons around him. So I'll just uh, throw that out there to yeah, pump okay. up your Sam Darnold pick. In the preseason, he was 19 of 25, 162 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. Or that was in the uh, the preseason preseason finale against the uh, Steelers. 6.5 yards per attempt uh, isn't sexy, but again, when you're talking about guys that are such playmakers in the open field, like uh, I think that's something that isn't accounted for enough. It's something I think about a lot with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance in that San Francisco situation. Those guys were so good after the catch where if you can just get them the ball on a slant or on a screen, uh, it's, it's going to do wonders for the quarterback stats in the end. I just, I'm still shocked at this point that Sam Darnold is so, I mean, are you this low on Sam Darnold? I, I feel like you are. I not th- not as low as where ADP has them right right now. I mean, it has them behind guys like Cam Newton and Jared Goff. That is um, so I mean, I, I just don't. Ta- I mean, Taysom Hill technically right now is uh, Darnold is completely buried, and I've seen even a little, you know, some deeper one quarterback leagues where he's still just not being drafted, even though guys are taking two, taking backups. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Take the shot, you'll see, you'll know right away whether he's worth it or not because he's got some really good matchups. So, well, tell me this: Is Sam Darnold your favorite of the quarterbacks being taken after what was the cutoff one ninety two overall? Yeah, he's definitely he was at the top of my list as far as the undrafted guys. Um, so now that we change this to super flex on the fly, uh, <laughs> well, he gave me the one hundred one. I'm like, oh, we're gonna do super flex now. <laughs> nice. Uh, so my other question is before we before we continue on, do we want to dra- do we want to uh, total these up at the end of the year and see total yeah. points which team oh. was better? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. We have to. All right. Well, that might change some strategy as well. But, <laughs> um, so all right. So we got Sam Darn off the board. I like that call a lot. He's definitely of the guys that are. And I'll I'll just lay this out for you guys. You got Derek Carr, Newton, Taysom Hill, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff. And then you got all of the guys that are going to split time or backups. I mean, Sam Darnold to me just jumps out as the obvious pick uh, if you're looking for quarterback. These names are definitely gross already. Um, I have some guys. I'm I'm surprised at how many of these names after 191 I actually don't hate. Like I have, I put together a pretty respectable list of names where it's like, you know what? I might draft some of these guys. There's definitely, there definitely are a bunch of names. I just don't like, as I'm sitting here with the 102, if I don't go quarterback, who's the first obvious? Is there an obvious? Not quarterback. There's some guys that I like that maybe are the long-term plays. 
that aren't going to give me the points right away. I think I'm just going to go that route, even though we might total this up at the end and see how it goes. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, a guy that is injured off the bat here because um, this is a guy that is he, if he's falling in your drafts or going undrafted, I like the early reports that, you know, I think he's going to be back. It's sounding like a little bit earlier than expected. And that's Rashad Bateman. Um, I just think that he's going to be uh, the wide receiver one in that offense. Uh, he's obviously extremely talented. We have a bunch of other receive, rookie receivers that are all going um, and keep creeping up draft boards. I mean, I thought I was going to end up with a lot of Terrace Marshall and Elijah Moore. These dudes are going in like the eighth round now. And I'm just like, holy crap. I'm like, I think I'll just wait, I guess, and and not do that. Um, but I think Bateman is just a guy that will be worth stashing, worth um, – if you have an IR spot, that's an easy, you know, guy to draft, stash, and then go pick up one of these other guys that we're going to talk about here later on in the show. So Bateman's going 195 overall right now, so he's just outside that range. But if you're in a, you know, pretty standard draft, I mean, he could be going undrafted right now. So um, I'd take a shot on him with one of my later picks and just know that I'm going to autofill him right into my IR spot. And then, you know, uh, I think I mentioned it on another show. The bye weeks actually start a week later than I usually remember them starting. I don't think the first bye weeks are t- until week six. So you're going to have your full complement of roster, you know, bearing injury and all that. But like for the first five weeks of the season. So you're probably not going to need Bateman anyway. Um, so I, that's a guy that I've I've picked up in a couple of drafts over the last week or so and just stash him and, and see how it goes. So I'll go with Bateman at the 102. Uh, real sexy there. Um, any th- any thoughts on Bateman before you take uh, your second pick? Love Bateman. It's a guy that I've gone after, but even after the injury in a lot of dynasty leagues, just because the long term upside is there. I think if he's healthy, he is he is going to be the wide receiver one in that offense. I'm not going to say easily because I think my next pick here is being a little underrated. Uh, I'm <laughs> all right. Spoiler alert is over. I'm going to take Sammy Watkins. Oh with this God. Pick. Because in this list of receivers I have, and let me skim through it real quick. Yeah, you could say arguably. I think he's the only guy who's going to start the season as his team's wide receiver one. Um, there's I mean, one other one, I think, but is maybe two. I think there's. I think there's maybe two other ones on here. Do they play for the Lions? Uh, one of them does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm just trying. Maybe, maybe I'm just gonna buy into the career resurgence, resurgence thing, kind of like the uh, Sony Michelle getting the new, the change of scenery. I think Sammy Watkins even said something about the change in scenery going to Baltimore. Like his job in Kansas City was to get Tyreek Hill open, uh, and and now in Baltimore, especially at the beginning of the season without Rashad Bateman, he's he's the guy. Not including Mark Andrews, he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, so I guess you know the the ar- the big argument you can make here is that Baltimore is going to be a super run heavy team, and there's only going to be so much passing volume to go around. And how valuable will that passing volume even be coming from a guy who's a little polarizing in his arm talent and Lamar Jackson? Um, but I think I don't know. I think we see an improvement in Lamar Jackson and how he throws, especially with some better receivers around him. And you know, once upon a time, Sammy Watkins was regarded as a very good receiver. So you know, maybe he still has a little bit of that juice left in him. Uh, there's not like you said it before. There's not a lot of names here that really jump off the sheet to me. I think I'm just gonna. I don't know. It would be hard to it would be hard to rank these guys in any sort of specific order. <laughs> but the fact that he is going to start the season as his team's wide receiver one. Um, and, and okay, now there's only a couple guys on this list that can make that happen. I'm gonna, I'll go with Sammy Watkins as my uh undrafted team's wide receiver one. All right, there you go, that's about where he belongs, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I, 
I don't have any Sammy Watkins. I don't really want any Sammy Watkins. I, you know, Hollywood Brown's back at practice today. I, I want the only guy, the only way I want to depend on anyone in the, in a low volume passing offense. If I really think the, uh, you know, that the talent is just such where the team, you know, it, it can't be ignored almost. And I, I think that that's Bateman. I, I think Watkins has been who he is. So maybe he'll, you know, off the top of your head, Kyle, when uh Bateman is supposed to be returning, they, the early reports was it was going to be October. Um, he was cleared for to run routes a week or so, a week and a half ago. So I'm, I'm hoping that would, you know, uh, September, I'd love for him to be back by week three or four. And then maybe by the time you might need him with bye weeks and stuff that you could feel a lot better about that. But uh, it's going to be a, it's the long play for sure. I mean, I, I don't think this is a guy, most rookies, you don't want to count them right out of the gate. And now Bateman's going to get pushed back a little bit. But he could be a guy by midseason that you're feeling pretty good about. Wasn't it last year that Sammy Watkins had that crazy week one? <laughs> yes, he's really good in week one. I think he's done that that's, the last two years. That's what I'm banking on. I know just Deshaun Jackson's going to be available in this draft too. Oh, there you go. You just take all the week one guys and you just call it. You'll be like, I'm done. We're done here. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, number – so I got my – so we got three guys off the board. My, uh, my second pick – the, the running backs are really bad, which they should be. You should be stocking up, taking some flyers. But a guy that should be moving up ADP um, and is and he'll probably be drafted in most of your leagues, especially by this weekend, I would assume, if, if something a little bit more firm comes out. But I'm going to go with Tony Jones Jr., oh, okay. running back New Orleans Saints. Apparently, Sean Payton loves this guy. He's made comments that he's going to be the number two back, not Latavius Murray. Um, so I, and I, we've seen that be a, a key role in this offense, you know, whether it, you know, whether it was Mark Ingram or even Latavius Murray himself, um, you know, Kamara is not a 220, uh, you know, carry plus guy, right. He, he'll be around 200. Um, and there'll be plenty of work for the running downs back, uh, there. And as long as Jameis is a QB, maybe that'll even lead to some goal line work. Um, split between the running backs as well. So I think he's just a guy that I I want to take a shot on, see how it works. If he does jump Latavius and gets the, you know, eight to 12 carries a game, that that could really produce something. So you're really looking at, I mean, we're we're looking at some names really far down the list here outside the top 200 pretty much uh, when you're looking at running backs. And he's a guy that I just think, hey, he might pop, um, could work his way into a, a role without the need of an injury, um, like some of these other guys that are definitely just pure handcuffs. So I'll go with Tony jones jr definitely not a name i thought i'd be talking about on the show <laughs> even uh, a month ago so yeah i don't know if i have any great tony jones analysis but you're right uh, anytime latavius murray was in that offense and i was kind of in on latavius Mur murray earlier in this season as like a very final pick because he's one of those guys who you don't even need like an injury to, to alvin Kamara for him to be somewhat relevant like there were weeks last season where you could plug him in as a flex and he was playable uh yeah so in an offense with not many uh weapons I don't hate that pick. There you go. Uh, I, I Thanks for that, I guess. I don't hate it. That's all you can ask for with some of these guys. That's, like. that's probably going to be the best compliment you're going to get with the remaining <laughs> players on the board here. Yeah, so you're staring. You got Darnold and Sammy Watkins, the dream team already in the making. Uh, yeah. Who are you taking for your third pick? Yeah, man, this is this is ugly. And, you know, did we uh, did we shout out Terrace Marshall at the beginning of this? I can't remember. I can't remember if we I can't remember if we did or not, but yeah, he was the he was the he was pick one ninety two in ADP. So since that was our cutoff, everything after that, he did not make the list. That he would have been slam dunked the one oh one if he had been on this list. And Rondell Moore 
too. Another player that I'm like balls deep in this year is like 189 or something overall. Like just, just, just missed this list. And I, I mean, I've not, I've not seen more go ahead of Marshall in any of my drafts. I mean, he I'm, definitely gets I'm drafted, fine. but I'm, de- I'm, yeah, I agree with you. I haven't either, and I'm fine with that because uh, I'm also super high on Terrace Marshall. But dude, we, I mean. I'm telling you, he's got the Jake Rip stamp of approval. It's going to be Rondell Moore season. I'm excited for it. But I can't take him in this draft because he uh, gets he's like the second to last player being taken right now in, in drafts. Uh, so uh, so let me uh, let me call an audible here. You know, what? it's a it's a two QB draft. I know that you like this guy. So I'm going to take him in fear that uh, you jump in and snag him. He was recently named the starter for the Denver Broncos. And he's being taken all the way down at, and correct me because I might have, I might have a different ADP, uh, three hundred and thirty overall right now. Yeah, about there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Teddy Bridgewater, ladies and gentlemen, steady Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, again, Kyle, we were talking about this right before we jumped on. I think that Denver made the very obvious and very correct move, uh, uh taking Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke, who was. If not the worst, you know, it was between him and Carson Wentz, uh, neck and neck for worst quarterback of the year. Um, but but Teddy Bridgewater, the accuracy thing, I mean, that is huge for Jerry Judy, a guy that I was high on to begin with. Even if Drew Locke would have been starting this season, I would have loved Jerry Judy this year. But Cortland Sutton, another guy who you know lost a little bit of steam since the, uh, the lost season last year. Um, the, the Noah Fant in the offense, the running back situation. This is a team that's got it all, and all they needed was a quarterback that was semi-accurate, and they got a quarterback that was very accurate in Teddy Bridgewater. Do you think it was the the obvious choice, Bridgewater or Drew Locke, or just part of you think that Drew Locke might have been, can still be something? I, I think for the Denver Broncos, it made sense to go with Teddy Bridgewater because you have a team that has a, a solid defense, so if you want to just weather the storm and just, you know, get by, I think that's fine. I think Drew Locke's a total wild card and we've seen him enough that we kind of know what you have. But like the only reason you're really starting him is if you think, all right, we got to win this thing with offense. And, you know, maybe he just has a little bit bigger arms. So we can go that route. You know, Bridgewater is going to be conservative, play it safe, can manage the ball game. And those weapons are so great. I mean, I, I hopefully it'll, it'll build things up a bit for fantasy. I, I don't want Teddy Bridgewater. Dude, I, w- I would take a shot on Teddy. If I waited on quarterback, I would take a shot on Teddy Bridgewater as my QB too. I'm looking at his preseason numbers here. Uh, 22 of 30 for 240 yards and three touchdowns. And then I you dive deeper into that. And, you know, I, credit to uh, NBC Sports Edge because I didn't dive deeper on it, but someone did. Uh, the, <laughs> in their first, in Denver's first preseason game, he started off going one for six for four yards. So even with that terrible start, he finished 22 of 30, 240 yards and three touchdowns. I just think it's going to, like I said, steady Teddy, man, just slot pass after slot pass after screen. Let your receivers do the work. It's just, it's, it's, it's exactly how I feel about Sam Darnold. I love the talent around him. Uh, and I'm, I'm willing to bet on that. Maybe not so much the talent in Teddy Bridgewater or the talent in Sam Darnold, but I think if you throw Andy Dalton in one of those offenses, he's going to be a baller. Oof. Yeah, you like that random I, Andy Dalton drop? I'd rather, I'd rather, I think I'd rather have Tyrod. <laughs> I mean, I, I oh, go get Tyrod Ty over Teddy. Yes. Oh yes. my goodness, that team's gonna be so bad. Exactly, he's you gonna want- have to do something. Teddy's oh, just gonna be sitting no. there like, oh god, oh, I'm just, I just, no. my job's not to screw this up. Otherwise, they're gonna Drew Lock me. Oh, and, uh, you want Tyrod Taylor throwing Ted 
Anthony Miller. <laughs> and Nico Brandon Collins. Cooks, baby. Brandon Cooks. Who's their tight end? Brandon yeah, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrod, baby. I, yeah, those guys are not on my that not on my radar here. But all right, well, you took the your second QB, so now I don't have to worry about a quarterback, <laughs> um, which puts the pressure back on me. Uh, I'm gonna go with man. I I feel like we do this and it, we do this every year. The guy's been in the league a second. This is his second year. Um, I'm going to take the shot on Brian Edwards. Uh, just see if finally a receiver in this offense can break through. A lot of good reports, you know, on him again. We've heard this before, um, but we're talking borderline undrafted. So, uh, you know, he's going outside the top 200. We'll take a shot here. They, he's not a floor play. Like you could go with a guy. Uh, some of the guys that are still here that are available, maybe you'll get to, but like Sterling Shepard's on the board. Like he's way safer, right? Shepard will probably end up with, you know, 700 yards and five touchdowns and like, okay, who cares, right? Like you can find that guy, the weekly production, probably that, you know, on the wire and, you know, go from there. I think Edwards has the upside where he could uh, hopefully have a breakout season in year two. I haven't heard a ton of great reports about the other receivers they have there in camp the way that they've been playing these guys in the preseason points to the fact that it should be a brian edwards uh on the outside as a starter so we'll go with that and uh see how it goes so uh, i'm sitting now with uh bateman tony jones jr running back and brian edwards kicking it back to you you got your quarterbacks with teddy and sam darnold and then sammy watkins hell yeah so you still got two running back slots a uh, tight end, a receiver, and a flex. So plenty to go here. I'm not, I'm not liking how this is playing out right now, Kyle. I got to be honest. I love your two receivers, Rashad Bateman and Brian Edwards. And I got poopy Sammy Watkins. Brian Edwards, actually, I'm, I'm more confident on than I was previously. I saw that John Brown might be on the roster bubble. I mean, I don't know. By the time you hear this, he might have been cut. Uh, but that was one of my, like, maybe, like, in the back of my mind things with Brian Edwards. Like, ah, John Brown, he's solid. He's going to take some receptions. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, are we, what are we looking at in that offense now? Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, the top top two guys? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So we got Renfro in the slot. Obviously, Waller is a freaking uh, monster. Yeah. But um, And then Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Edwards' path to, you know, to a breakout season is definitely there. And it's just... He, you know, he's going to be, you just hope he's the number two option really. And uh, go from there. But this late in the game, I like his upside compared to a lot of these other names that might be a little safer, but don't really have the ceiling. He does. You sure I can't take Rondell Moore here. Damn it. You cannot take Rondell Moore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh God. Every pick here is just so gross. Okay. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to go with a guy that I have maybe a little bit of truth or status on, I guess here. And I think it was Dallas, who does not uh, doesn't get the seal of approval with this dude, but I think Kenny Gainwell is a super uh, super talented running back. He was a guy who a couple I, I wish I had the stats in front of me right now. A couple years ago, like, he was one of the better running backs in the league. I think he was playing ahead of Antonio Gibson uh, at one point. But uh, the dude's a baller. He's you know, people were talking about Boston Scott's in front of him. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, Kenny Gainwell is a better running back than Boston Scott in every facet of the game. Pass catching, uh, b- blocking, uh, running. Uh, I, I just think that Kenny Gainwell has got it all. And I think it's a problem even for Miles Sanders. That's one of the reasons that I'm kind of off of him this year. I just think just the threat that Kenny Gainwell presents in that offense um, especially if he does carve out his own receiving role. And I think that's one of the latest updates I saw on him was that he is going to have a specific role in that offense 
Uh, they're going to manufacture touches for this guy, and rightfully so. I think they got a steal. Uh, Philadelphia did where they took him in the draft, and you know, did we discuss? Are we doing half PPR or full PPR? I think you said full. I I, I said half, but I, th- I thought you said full. I don't know. Uh, we'll what, roll back I mean, the tape. If only this were, if only there was some sort of record yeah. where we could go back and tell. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, yeah, I might be in trouble on that. We'll, one. we'll just we'll do full PPR for just Gainwell. Everybody else yes. is half. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Well, I don't know. There's a couple other running backs here. I might like for full PPR. But I love uh, I like Kenny Gainwell, man. I think yeah. even that that could be a name that we're talking about as one of the early season waiver wire pickups in uh, in regular leagues. Uh, do you have any 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 feelings one way or another on Kenny Gainwell? PPR for sure. I, I don't mind taking a shot on him. Like when I look at some of these other guys that are still on the board, um, like you have the backup Dolphins guys that are still here: Damian Williams out in Chicago, Carlos Hyde. Uh, you have the Chargers guys, Anthony McFarlane, who, who seems to be the the handcuff there. But like those guys really need an injury probably to make it work. I, I think Gainwell that, you know, it's between him and Boston Scott for that second RB slot, which we've seen them use. So I don't mind taking a shot on him if, as long as it's PPR and just see how it plays out. If he's getting snaps over Scott, then I think you have a, a flex worthy guy. Um, if he's not, I think you'll know pretty quick. And then you just, you know, drop him to the wire and keep an eye on him. So. Uh, I'm going to fill my flex spot here. Uh, this is a guy that might end up maybe was in that category. I talked about earlier. That was like maybe a safer floor with not as high a ceiling, but I, I've, uh, this is a guy that I've, I have seen gone go undrafted in a few of my drafts. And he's like, def, he's always like the next guy, um, uh, as the draft's coming to a close and like, which route do I go? And, um, He's in. He's on my like watch list, like in every league that he's not owned already. But I'm gonna go with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, the dude is old as hell, but he's in Buffalo now. Um, it seems crowded, but I just don't know. I think Gabe Davis kind of has his role will probably stay the same. Know what Cole Beasley does, I guess. Um, but I think Sanders can have you know a, a pretty decent sized role in this offense. Step right in, be the number two target. I think he's gonna take some of the targets that. Beasley was getting not necessarily the slot targets, but I think Allen will look his way a little bit more. Saw some the, the Bills for whatever reason played Josh Allen in the, the starting offense quite a bit in their third preseason game, and when you saw Emmanuel Sanders um, used pretty heavily there, so um, you know could he just be a veteran presence and maybe they do try to get Gabe Davis more involved? Maybe, but I, I think Sanders will um, establish himself in the on this team as the number two option uh and and take over there so he'll fill my flex spot i'll go with old the old colonel manuel sanders yeah i think when it's all said and done there is no clear cut wide receiver two in that offense even even from the tight end position like i'm not expecting anything big from dawson knox even from the running back position i'm not expecting many receptions so it's like stefan Diggs, and then what so i guess it's whatever whatever side of the uh whatever side of the fence you land on between uh, Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders. I think I side with you there on Emmanuel Sanders. Just never been huge on Gabriel Davis and Sanders is uh he's flashed from time to time. I got to admit I was high on him or higher on him last year in New Orleans. Uh, that didn't really shake out, but I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. We're uh we're what halfway through an undrafted players draft, so it's hard to hate on any picks at this point. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, all right, you're you're rock. You got your two quarterbacks set up. You got Gainwell and Sammy Watkins. We'll kick it to you for a fifth pick. Okay, how about a guy that we brought up earlier in this uh, in in this show? A guy whose name I cannot pronounce, but I'm gonna try it one more time, and I'm gonna lock in Tyson 
Williams. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. You're one of those guys. All right. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm one of those guys. Nice I job. think I think that Memphis gave me shit for uh, Darrell Henderson. <laughs> But, yeah. That's all right. I always call him Rashad Penny, and it's not his name either. So you won't hear it. You won't get any crap from me. Believe me. Uh, I, I don't know. I said most of what I've got on on Tyson Williams uh, thus far. Not a whole lot of data on him. I actually saw he played for like three different college teams. So like not a great college career. He was undrafted last season. But if he – look, dude, I don't care what your name is. If you are the – uh, running back two for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to try like hell to pronounce it, and I'm going to put your sticker on the board as one of my late picks in the draft. Uh, it's going to be like one of those classic, remember the commercial, TJ, who's your mama? Yes. Yeah. Maybe not butcher it that bad, but I'm going to definitely take my shot at it. Um, it, it. I think that's one of the more high upside picks you get here. I mean, God forbid Gus Edwards was to ever go down. And we don't know what we're going to get out of Tyson Williams. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't even. I don't know if this guy is any sort of pass catcher. I don't think he is. I, don't, I have literally <laughs> no data on him except a couple beat reporters saying that he is balling out in training camp. He's like the bright spot on the Baltimore Ravens offense and training camp and preseason. So I'll buy into that. Given the running, the you know, the grant, the running back talent that's available right here after what round seventeen, um, and I think that you know he's going to get drafted as the as the we get closer to next week. I keep saying like, you know, draft season, but we're in the heart of it now. Yeah. You think, you you think he's going to be regular, regularly drafted? Um, I don't think so in like 50, you know, 15 round drafts, but right around there, he'll, he'll be borderline. Um, you know, I'm looking at the guys like, you know, again, you know, kind of read going same names again here, but like, Damian Williams, like he, he kind of feels like he's in that range, you know, just a just a pure handcuff guy. I, I keep drafting Anthony McFarland, like just like he's purely just a handcuff. I think he, you know, maybe Williams works his way a little bit more into the offense than those guys do. So I would probably this? put him above. Okay, dude. I'm sorry. I was, I, oh, I was about to come at you right there. I thought no. you were about to tell me you were taking them before. T- I, mean, I think no. there's, a, there's, I, a, there's an undeniable ceiling here, or I should say a ceiling and a floor with Tyson mm-hmm. Williams without a. Uh, I feel so weird saying his name without knowing if that's how you say it this whole time. But without without Dobbins in that offense, if it's going to be Gus Edwards and then uh, this guy's the breathing back, then uh, I'm all about it. So we'll see how that shakes out at the end of the year is my RB2. All right. Well, it, yeah, it could be hilarious. Same thing with Tony <laughs> Jones. I mean, these guys yeah. could be dust any minute. Um, but uh, all right, I'm going to go with my RB2. I Again, these are guys are all bad but if i'm taking a shot on a guy if i'm in a deeper league i want some guys that i want a guy that i know is going to get the some looks i think a guy that is almost guaranteed the most carries other guys on the board i don't know if jake knows what i'm talking about but i'm gonna go with i'm gonna gonna go with justin jackson um this is just as much about larry roundtree the third and josh kelly sucking those guys have been horrible kelly has gotten so many freaking attempts this preseason last year, Austin Eckler hasn't had a, a rushing touch. He's had one rushing touchdown since Melvin Gordon returned from his uh, sabbatical uh, in 2019 after four weeks. So if the rushing touchdowns go to another running back in this backfield, I'll bank on it being Justin Jackson. Um, I think he could be in line for some carries. I, I love Eckler. I don't, I I think whoever the RB two is for the chargers, isn't going to take anything away from the upside of Austin Eckler um, necessarily, but I think that that's a backfield where it's like the RB2 is just never being drafted. I think it's Justin Jackson. 
um, just because the other everybody else has been so freaking horrible. So I'll go with him as my RB2. Justin Jackson, Tony Jones Jr., that's a battering ram combination if I ever saw one. So Yeah, I you know, and I hate that I can't find the stat right now, and I hope someone tweets me it or something, but <laughs> Justin Jackson is like and he's like one of the top I swear he had a, a collegiate season where like he was one of the he set like a record season as far as like I don't know if it was like top 10 rushing seasons of all time, but like he has a ridiculous season under his belt for what that's worth. Uh, but he's been a guy who's he's kind of been floating around and I've liked him. From, I think he's a good runner, uh, but he just never seems to get that shot. Uh, man, I'm super bummed. I couldn't find that. I'll I'll post it on Twitter as my first tweet in like the last couple months if I find it. Perfect. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, nothing else to say. I like that pick. All right, so you got uh, so you got two running backs, one wide receiver, two quarterbacks. So you have a wide receiver, a flex spot, and tight end slot still to go. So who are you looking? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna uh, I'll I'll take a. Hmm, well, I guess you know what? I better I better take a tight end here, huh? If we're gonna do a little bit of draft strategy here, hey, you there you go. Yeah, Good you way. know what? Let's take the smart the the fantasy football smackdown approach to this. <laughs> um. But now I gotta pull an audible here, see who my tight ends are. Okay, okay. You know what I'm gonna do here? So for reference, I'll roll through this just for the list. So we got at the top ADP wise, Austin Hooper, Ferkshire, Cole Komet, Eric Ebron, uh, Hayden Hurst, then you got Dawson Knox, OJ Howard. Yeah, it gets obviously extremely ugly after that, but we only got we only need one. So yeah, and, and I should mention uh, one eighty six overall, Gerald Everett, a guy that I love as a late round tight end, and what yeah. one ninety overall, Blake Jarwin, another guy I really like as a late round tight end, and then everyone after that I really don't like. <laughs> uh, but Kyle, you've got to take one of these guys, so um, I'm, I'll make it that much easier for you and filibuster a little more. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Austin Hooper off the board. There you go. I, you know, it, it, neither of us are super optimistic on OBJ. Um, you like Jarvis Landry, I would say a little more, but I, probably a lot more than I do. Um, <laughs> yes, a lot. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I think Cleveland understands that they didn't properly utilize Austin Hooper, a guy that they paid a poop load of money to, uh, and they they got to get him more looks in that offense. And and so you know, just banking on that and the the talent. The, the, you know, the, the other tight ends that are available here, Anthony Ferkser, Um, I was higher on him before Julio Jones was added to the offense, but still he's, you know, arguably or not so arguably the third option in that offense. Hayden Hurst is another guy who it's easy to shit on him with Kyle Pitts coming into the offense, but there's uh there's targets to be had in the Atlanta in, a, in an offense that's going to throw a ton. Uh, so I didn't hate Hayden Hurst either there, but. Uh, I think between those three and those three are sort of a tier for me in this undrafted compartment or this undrafted department, I should say. Uh, I think I'll take Hooper. Would you lean Hooper over Ferkser and Hurst? I would. Uh, Hooper was top of my list. Um, I actually have a different guy at number two, um, but uh, Hooper at Kansas City Houston, and then Houston at home the first two weeks. He's a great streamer if you missed out on your guy or you have Irv Smith. Uh, and he's a guy that's readily available in a lot of leagues. So Hooper would be the top tight end as far as the undrafteds go here. Um, if anything gets you off to a good start, you can play it from there. Uh, so I have all my spots, my running back and receiver slots are filled. So now, because I didn't need to take any quarterbacks, you took them already. So I need a tight end and two quarterbacks. We can't snipe each other anymore. So I'll just I'll just roll the tight end right into it. My number two guy behind Hooper would have been Cole Komet. Um, 
just looking for a little bit of upside there. Uh, the quarterback situation, even if it's Andy Dalton to start, um, you know, should be improved over what they had last year. I think he'll, he's been playing ahead of Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is still there. I wish he wasn't just so it'd be a little cleaner, but I think Komet going into year two, there's a little bit more upside there besides kind of Ferkshire or Hurst or even Ebron are guys that kind of like, yeah, you kind of know what they are. Um, you know, they're kind of, their ceilings are pretty capped. I think Komet could be the number two option in this offense. Um, with Chicago Bears be, behind Allen Robinson. I know everybody loves Mooney and all that, but this is a team that made <laughs> Jimmy Graham into a top 12 <laughs> tight end, which isn't that hard to do, but they did it. Um, and I think Komet's shown some flashes at times. I think he was a second-round pick. You know, he has that draft capital. Um, this is a, the regime that took him. They believe in this guy. So I, I would take Komet there if, if uh, Hooper was off the board, which he was. So there it is, tight ends. That was a great round. All right, uh, back to you. You're looking at a receiver and a flex still. Yep, I will take my flex right now, a running back that I'm actually surprised I thought was going to be one of your earlier picks. So, And correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was after pick 192. Tariq Cohen? Yeah, he's still there. Yep, he was the top yeah, guy. man, I mean, um, if we're going to talk about the PPR upside of a guy like um, – uh, Kenny Gainwell, then you, you know, I'll, I'd love to add Tariq Cohen to that bunch. I uh, just had his stats here. 104 targets in his last healthy season. Uh, obviously, his last season was wiped out due to injury, but uh, the guy's back right now. I mean, I don't know what the uh, the throwing tendencies will be in that offense with Andy Dalton under center or much, much more uh, uh, Justin Fields, but there isn't a whole lot of um, passing. How, how should I phrase this? talent or receiving talent i should say yeah. uh, after alan robinson no hate on your last pick in cole Komet. uh but uh, especially with uh anthony miller leaving the offense i think that just opens things up a little more for Tariq cohen uh to play a little bit more of a receiving role so wouldn't surprise me once again if he if he comes anywhere close to that that hundred target that would be that would be very cool and it would make uh make that pick really uh, really feel like it paid off what are your overall thoughts on Cohen? Do you think that he uh, really puts a damper on Monty's season this year? Uh, I, the biggest problem is that he's dealing with an injury. Um, he's missed the entire preseason. I think there's a chance that he's probably going to be on the pup. Um, just start the year from what I've heard here local. So I, I don't know that's confirmed yet. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't even know that. What a terrible but, uh, pick, Kyle. Why'd you let sorry, me do that? Sorry, bro. I, I He is a guy that I've been either still stashing in deeper leagues, knowing that I could slide him into the R, IR slot. Um, if it's PPR, I do think that he's a guy that can still put up a 50 catch season. Um, and he's going way, way, way behind, you know, all those other similar guys. So I think having him similar to Gainwell is, is a totally fine option. It's just, I think you're looking at maybe a few weeks before he gets rolling. Um, and then we'll, we'll play it from there, but he's Are a guy, any other running backs there that stood out for you? Um, we're done with running backs. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I've I keep taking a flyer on Malcolm Brown in some spots yep. just in case they actually go the other route. I think he is the better option of the two um, that are left. Uh, and other than that, yeah, I still end up with Carlos Hyde, McFarlane, and Allison in a bunch of like deep league spots. Samaj P Ryan's the other one too that is even he goes even way deep lower than the rest of these guys. Those are kind of just the pure handcuffs, like throw the dart and pray that you hit it because everyone's gonna be looking for those guys on the wire probably at some point uh this season you know for a week or so hopefully nothing crazy we want those guys the starters to remain but uh those are kind of the other guys that i was that i was looking at 
Yeah, I had Quadri Allison's name written down. I like him. You know, they, the Falcons got rid of Ito Smith. They cut JV and Hawkins. Uh, and Mike Davis is hardly a threat in that backfield. So they obviously like Quadri Allison. And they're going to give him a couple of looks. So maybe he runs with that role. Who knows? I've, I just wish it was anyone else. Uh, if it was anyone else, he'd be at the top of this list for me just because I would take whoever the back is behind Mike Davis. But it's just so gross. I just feel like that guy is, has no upside. Like he just. I don't know, man. But anyway, so might take, might take an injury, but yeah, yeah. Uh, quarterbacks. I'm gonna go. Oh, geez, this is really gross. I'm gonna go Derek Carr. I'm gonna I'm gonna stack attack the undrafted uh, <laughs> the undrafted draft here that we're doing. Uh, he's safe. I think he should be putting up a solid season. That defense, I do not expect to be that great. Um, the weapons hopefully should be improved with year two of Rugs and Edwards. Obviously, Waller's still there. As much as we kind of crap on Kenyon Drake, I think that he is more talented than what they had there last year as a pass catcher. Um, so I think Carr should be able to put up a solid season. Uh, I'm also teeing this up because I want to take a little bit riskier QB2. Um, so I'll take the safe option with Derek Carr as my QB1. Not sure that there's too much else to say there. but uh, No, let's, you know, if you want, you can just go right into your QB2 if you've got him queued up. I'm going with... Mac Jones. Yeah. Uh, why not? I think this guy will be the starter sooner rather than later. I took him with uh, that league that my partner in crime, Neil uh, Beckham Jr., uh, drafted uh, OBJ in round six. We took Mac Jones as a late pick. I love the fact getting him in Superflex as my third quarterback, especially if I have some quarterbacks with late bye weeks because I think Jones will be the starter by then, and that's when you're going to need him. Um, so I think there's some upside with Mac Jones. Uh, the tight ends are getting healthy there. Um, you know, so th- th- there's, uh, you know, Daniel Jones is still on the board, Jared Goff. I, I just think, you know, I think Mac Jones is a little bit more upside than those guys. Um, so I'm going to go with Mac Jones and have to eat a few zeros, but I think he could be Darnold esque, you know, sure. by the, by the time he gets on the field, maybe, maybe, maybe not that good, but oh, come on now let's go. So, all right, wrap it up. Last pick, Mr. Relevant, uh, as yeah. we go rogue and change the draft order in the final round. I'm keeping the uh, eighth round reversal, eighth, eighth round reversal, <laughs> baby. I'm I'm keeping the disappointment theme of my wide receivers going. A, a career disappointment in Sammy Watkins and a career disappointment in Traquan Smith. Hmm. Uh, and again, this is another like dart throw, high upside play, and it's strictly predicated on Jameis Winston being the quarterback. I would never even consider with Taysom Hill under center. Uh, but we have on record given with much better wide receivers and a much better offense altogether. Jameis Winston throwing for 5,000 yards as a, as a certified blind man, practically uh, he has, he, he has improved his vision. He is uh, Michael Thomas is out of the offense. We're all assuming Marquez Callaway is the guy, but for all we know, and uh, I believe Traquan Smith, he's been banged up for most of the preseason, hasn't he? Yeah, he's working his way. He is working his way back. He should be good to go for week one, but yeah, he's been out of the lineup. Yeah, so I mean, there's a chance that we're seeing all this Marquez Callaway action and uh, he's getting all that work because Traquan Smith's been hurt. Traquan Smith shows up healthy and Jameis starts peppering him, then um, this is another guy that we could be talking about as a, as a big-time waiver pickup a couple weeks into the season. Uh, but Yeah, anyways, not super optimistic about either of my wide receivers, but who knows, man? I might, I might be more optimistic about Traquan Smith than Sammy Watkins. I, I had Traquan on my list. He would have been close there. Um Somebody did ask in the chat if Gio Bernard was on the board. He is not. He has already taken. He would be at the top of my list. He was out there. Um, I'll throw, I'll just rattle off a few names. Uh, Cause I think some of these names too, like 
uh, the the man that we can't pronounce, Williams. Uh, like if you're going to a draft this weekend, he might he's not going to be in front of people, right? He's going to be buried. Like on, you got to search, you know, for him. Yeah. Same Tony Jones kind of could be the similar kind of the same thing. Um, another guy that I think could be similar like that, not completely buried, but um, and I, and his ADP I bet will rise. But like Paris Campbell with T.Y. Hilton going down, I like taking a shot on him. Yeah. Um, he was definitely in consideration for me. Uh, in the spot, but going with Bateman, I was kind of like, I feel like a, maybe he's uh, that's a little high upside there. I think Campbell's kind of similar to that. Um, few other names that I had, I'll just throw out that these are mainly receivers because we talked about some running backs. Lions. Uh, <clears throat> what, what was that? Did you did you say the Lions receivers already? I did not say Tyrell Williams. No. Um, some of the guys I've been taking shots on: uh, Nico Collins, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones uh, is a guy that's been having a great camp, but I think he's got a a decent path to playing time. Um, and then the last one that I had on my list uh, that didn't get drafted was uh, Josh Palmer, um, the rookie for the chargers. As much as I do like Mike Williams and where you can, you know, his upside for this year, hopefully can pair those, those bi- a big season together. Um, I think Palmer is a guy that if Williams misses time, which he has um, all of a sudden you like, look around you're like, there's not a lot of weapons here um, <laughs> for Herbert and he's going to throw the ball a ton. So Palmer is a guy that I, have stashed as the, like my last round pick on a few deeper leagues. Um, so yeah, that's what I got. Any, any other names you just want to rattle off here as we're closing the shop. You took all of, you took care of all of my wide receivers, <laughs> uh, running backs. I think we've covered, but I did have a couple of names, super, super deep names at tight end that I thought about, uh, while, we're, while we were drafting here. Um, I heard Juwan Johnson's name come up as the tight end in in New Orleans um, mm-hmm. with Adam Troutman going down. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, we are talking super, super late stabs at the position, and I know nothing about the guy, but maybe just a name to keep in the back of your mind. But while we're talking about uh, tight ends who can come in due to injury and maybe make an impact, Ty Conklin, right? A guy who could potentially be the number three receiver in uh, Minnesota at the tight end position with uh, Irv Smith uh, yeah. being being out with injury. So... Another name there, and one more. Uh, I think Kyle Granson is supposed to be the tight end to own in Indianapolis. Uh, I don't know what happened to you know Doyle used to rule. <laughs> no, Ali Cox was a, a fun show, but I don't know. Kyle Granson must be impressing in training camp and in the preseason. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be the tight end to own in Indianapolis. There, there's definitely some deeper names there worth taking a look at. Uh, if you're in some deeper leagues, we've saw you know like we mentioned, Irv Smith. Devin Ingram left the game. Uh, a few other guys that maybe haven't panned out like we were hoping uh, this offseason. So take a shot on some of those guys late. But hopefully you guys found this helpful. These are good names to know. Once you get towards the end of your draft, especially, it starts getting away from the ADP list, you know, yeah. a lot of times. But you know, if you're if you're well informed, you're not you're not picking from the guys in front of your face. You're diving off, going to your own rankings, you know, jotting down, you know, 15 or so players that you want to kind of target with those last few picks. So hopefully this helped you guys out just a bit here. If you're either heading into your drafts this week or if you're looking for some wave wire pickups ahead of the season, why not take a stab on some of these guys? So, all right. Well, there we have it. Uh, appreciate you guys. We'll be back here on Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, just hanging out, talking football, taking any questions you guys have. So if you have any questions that uh, didn't get answered on today's show, uh, that's what Wednesday's for. So come out and uh, we'll be here. So for Jake and myself, you guys take it easy. Stay safe. We'll catch you on Wednesday.